0: Though this is a smaller adventure, The Legend of Zelda of the Minish Cap doesn't let it distract from the wealth of fun you'll be having in Hyrule. Brevity is one of the keys to success with just the right amount of new nostalgia goodness for my case. That makes me give high recommendations of this being worth your time. Well, for me, this Zelda has a
1: different boss, same overall theme, but the same end result. As the great corner man Duke from Rocky IV once so brilliantly stated... It is time for Zelda to throw in the damn towel for Larry as far as Zelda games go. (laughs) What?
0: (laughs) All right, let's talk about it for a bit. Welcome to Bits of Time, where we answer the simple question, is this video game worth your time? For today, and hopefully always, I'm Michael, one of your time checkers for the day and i am your other host
1: larry all right so based off those intros we have to probably get a couple things out of the way both of us played this game a little bit differently that being
0: mike actually beat the game yep it took me 13 hours and 43 minutes to finish the legends of Zelda: minish cap I, however, did not
1: quite finish it. I played an hour and twenty-eight minutes, and that actually got me Didn't through. <laughs> quite finished an hour
0: twenty-eight.
1: <laughs> now, and I actually don't know based on when I was looking at play times for the game that got me through the first dungeon. I don't yeah. know if that means it took me too long, too little. I spent an inordinate amount of time on a specific point, which I'll talk about in a moment. But I did just want to kind of plant that flag right here. So my perspective of the game is only at an hour and twenty-eight minutes, Mike actually beat it so before i get into my next point mike we probably should at least let the listeners know about the game itself give us some information
0: this game was released on january tenth, two 2005 here in the state and i didn't play this game all the way until the beginning of 2020 so it's been it's been a while but that's when i completed it the first time some things of note the director of this game hitemaru fujibayashi has been working on Zelda games since 2001 His debut game was the Oracle Games on the Game Boy Color, but those are smaller experiences as well. He's directed four Zelda games to date, and he's working on the Breath of the Wild sequel. I think that is interesting because we have that dichotomy between working on these smaller scale games and then a much bigger open world games. So kind of fun little background knowledge for you.
1: Yeah, I actually wasn't aware that he was the person creating, or at least working on the new one that we, at this time of recording, were still waiting for when the release date is when and the name of it that'd be nice to yeah, right? even just more information in general it looks really awesome though mike when you sent me the questions that you wanted to ask me one of them you brought up was i've mainly only played the bigger 3d zelda games so this is a 2d i do want to amend that question a little bit i've only played 3d oh. <laughs>
0: oh, can i guess which games you've played
1: yeah, there is one that I'm going to count as played, but it's through my version of playing that is, I watched somebody else play it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I've done <laughs> a lot of that.
0: So I'm guessing, we. All, I know we, you played Ocarina of Time. Yes. Majora's Mask. Yes, but most of my remembrance of that game is actually watching you. Okay, that's cool. And I'm assuming Breath of the Wild.
1: Yeah, Breath of the Wild. So my time with Breath of the Wild was actually split between me playing it, and I actually believe most of the majority of the time was watching my daughter run around and play it, which was a blast. I loved it. But again... The caveat there, oh, and then also my good friend Ryan, I watched him play quite a bit of Wind Waker.
0: Okay, so you've had experience, but only in Literally. literally. So, I, again,
1: that's only the 3D games, and I do want to make sure I also clarify, I have not beaten any of those games. This is my first ever 2D experience with a Zelda game, which got me thinking, is this yours?
0: No, I've played every mainline Zelda game, minus the original one on... The NES. I have not played that one, but played Zelda 2, played Links to the Past. All the main ones. None. I wouldn't consider the mobile...
1: Is it Links or Link? Link.
0: I probably just pluralize because I I do that. Just throw
1: random letters and sounds together. It's fine. I just wanted to actually correct you on something because you're the Zelda expert here.
0: That's true. An expert is. We're going to (laughs) put that mildly in quotes. (laughs) But I haven't played most of the handheld ones. But all the main ones, the GameCube, the Wii, the Switch one, Breath of the Wild... Twilight Princess. I've played all those, so we're coming at it from very different experiences, so I've had more experience in the Zelda universe, but that doesn't make your points invalid. I mean, it lessens my points a little bit. I actually think there is a large swath of people because of Breath of the Wild and the Switch. that probably haven't played a lot of the older Zeldas. Yeah, and I mean, maybe they're playing the Link's Awakening remake on Mm -hmm. Switch, so that might be similar to this game in ways. I have not played that one, because that in quotes... Actually, no, I played... The Game Boy color, or the original Game Boy one, very little. Okay. But so that might that might have been like my first two D one,
1: if I well, think about it. To just kind of throw the question at you, and obviously you can elaborate on this later if you want. So because of the two D, three D thing, do you have a preference in the
0: Zeldas? I think I still lean towards the more three D iterations. Okay. I mean that everybody loves Link to the Past, so I mean that's a very divisive yeah. thing. But also everybody loves Breath of the Wild, so who knows? Yeah. Uh, do- I think I tend to lean towards the 3D
1: versions of these games, based off of my again brief time with the game, but again I still feel like enough that I got at least an idea of what a lot, what the game's gonna be like. I could kind of tell it seemed like the map was gonna be a little bit smaller than usual based off what I unlocked and saw, but I think just the way Zelda games are. There's something about the 3D aspect. Again, I completely just, that's what I'm used to. Zelda's 3D to me. So this did
0: feel a little foreign and off for me personally. Just because of the different perspective. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, that's totally fine. You did make it pretty far in this game. In retrospect, that you at least beat the main dungeon. The first dungeon. How many dungeons are there? There are six. Okay. Yeah. I, I did do the research on that, but I couldn't remember how many there were. So a mainstay for all Zelda games are their dungeons. I mean, that's what a lot of people come to. I mean, that's one of the complaints that people have for Breath of the Wild that there aren't these really heavy, intense dungeons, which eh, I like, actually. And I think I love, in this game, It is there is only six, and it is a smaller experience because sometimes I think Zelda games are too long and they're too bloated, and the dungeons become a chore. Oh, I have to go these three dungeons now. Now, do you have the generic dungeon this one? Do you have the fire, the ice, the forest? Yeah, yeah, you do, but I think they're they're not too big. They're designed well enough, and were, I had fun with them. You only finished that first one. What did you think about that dungeon?
1: Alright, so there was actually... I had wrote down a couple different takeaways that I had gotten from at least this experience in the dungeon, because you had, you had set a good point where Breath of the Wild, one of the biggest takeaways outside of the weapon degradation in that game, was the dungeon. Which is good. Yeah. Not... Okay, that's that you like the weapon degradation. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll talk about that another yeah, yeah. time. To- <laughs> uh, so for me, actually playing a mainline dungeon, it kind of made me it gave me the Ocarina or Ocarina, however you pronounce that game, of time vibes to it where I was like, I missed this where you're just focused on one thing. And there was actually quite a few unique elements within the dungeon that makes me think, I hope the rest of the game does incorporate this. As we were playing the that the mushroom jumping kind of thing that that happens. That animation's great. You know, the thing that was interesting though, is my initial irritation was, man, here's another game that uses water as a barrier. And I used to hate the games did that, but I didn't realize. And so this is where I have a little bit of a headway. Once you're big water doesn't affect you. And so that's a really clever way of getting around that trope that a lot of games used to deal with. And so I thought that I really, really liked that. And then the one complaint that I had brought, I think the reason my time had gone up quite a bit, was I spent a good 20, 25 minutes trying to get to the chest that holds the compass in the game. I could not, for the life of me, figure out how to get this thing. I was walking around. I kept going to different parts of the map. I didn't realize that those little small metallic blocks that were sitting in front of it, you could just push them. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and and so it, it you know it's one of those things like this game does not hold your hand and i just for some reason i could have sworn i did at the beginning i thought i tried pushing
0: it and i realized i couldn't yeah i think there's like one of the two of those blocks you yeah. can't push and there's only one you can yeah
1: and i was getting so frustrated and I, it's just and so i spent in just a stupid amount of time with that uh and then I did like, the music got stuck in my head, probably because I spent more time in there than I should have. <laughs> but there was that Caterpillar boss guy. Mm-hmm. It just again, for those of us who used to have like T1 calculators, that boss fight completely reminded me of worms. Yeah. <laughs> wait, or, you snake? Yeah. or Snake? Or oh. Snake. Snake. Yeah. It was Snake. What? You're right. No,
0: wait, no, I'm thinking of a cell phone. I'm thinking you're... No, okay. You might be right with the calculator. No, but I actually think you're right. Yeah, Both well, times. You're thinking of <laughs> the old phone? I'm thinking of the yeah, old okay. phone. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah.
1: And then... Another odd thing, and this shows you how my brain works, so the point when you jump on the lily pads and you have like the little wind blow, there's a specific name for the item and I can't Uh, remember it. Gust jar. Gust jar. When you're doing that, for some reason I got a kick out of it that, you know, it would have made sense because it's a 2D game that you can go up, you can go down, you can go left, you can go right. They programmed it so you could also go diagonally, <laughs> and I—it's just such a unique thing where I'm like, it's just a clever mechanic in a game like that. They didn't have to do that, but they. Especially did.
0: Especially knowing that they didn't have an analog stick. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Which, by the way, the I, that does lead me into one of my complaints: the fact that at least for me, playing roll was attached to the right trigger, mm.
0: drove me up. Like I hated that. Interesting. I absolutely hated I mean, that. If you think about it, because you played it on. At my place, the GameCube GBA player. it so yeah. was using a GameCube controller. I think maybe if you had it in handheld, it'd be different because oh, yeah. you know you're holding. It's just the A B, and then you have it right up there. Maybe you'd still hate it. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so for some reason, like I, I wish you, I could have switched it over to A or B. Which that I don't think that it work. would. They, they yeah. yeah, it wouldn't <laughs> Not work. Buttons. Yeah.
1: So yeah. So that was a minor frustration. And then lastly, at least with me, the boss, uh, I didn't. In doing what I always do, I like to explore everything in the room first. So when I was fighting the boss, I broke everything. So I um I all the hearts that I could have gotten, <laughs> I grabbed as I was full health. I didn't. I thought there would be like a, a regenerative mechanic some point, like some blocks would come back. So I beat him on my first try. But I ended the fight with one-fourth of a heart, (laughs) and I should have had way more than that, but of course, me, I'm OCD, I had to check everything, like, oh, I wonder if there's like a secret I can find in here, and uh, so I almost lost it and died because of that.
0: So overall, do you feel that was a worthwhile dungeon? Yeah, the the one thing, and I'm
1: assuming this is the question I wanted to ask you, I think the most, bar none, the most unique mechanic in the game is the shrinking and, you know, kind of going through things. Yeah, minish cap. Exactly. I'm assuming dungeons going forward start utilizing that mechanic, correct? Because this dungeon didn't... For
0: the most part, not really. I feel like it just plays with your environment a little bit more. So, for instance, my favorite part in that dungeon is the barrel. Yes. When you go on the barrel and you rotate it. One, the art style is phenomenal, which we can get to that. Well, I mean, actually, we can just talk about that right now. I think the art direction in this game is superb. Zoomed in small locations when you're traversing through them. They just look fun. The art style pops. It's very green and colory. Green and colory. <laughs> it's it very colorful, vibrant. That's the word I'm looking for. That's the, that
1: should be the title of this podcast green and colory. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but the points between towns or dungeons as you're walking next, like an acorn that's way too big as you're going through, I think it's such a simple mechanic, but it just works so well. And the concept's well done. And I think with that in the dungeons, with the barrel, it makes it feel different in a, in a sense. I don't know if it actually ever... Different how? Like, it feels like you're in somewhere small. And when you're going through the grass, it feels like you're a
1: tiny little dude. Yeah, so that's actually the point. As someone who, since you beat the game, that was kind of what I want to hope to hear from you is, does the game do that a lot going forward? It's a unique perspective in a video game to kind of play with perspective, literally. And if you're done right, it feels like there's a lot that a Zelda game can do
0: with that. I think this is where this director of the new Zelda, whatever it's going to be called, I think if they went a little bit more hard with the concept, I think they do it well from a scenery point of view. I don't know if it actually affects the mechanics of the game, minus, okay, here you have to shrink down, here you stay big. I don't think... There's one dungeon where you kind of go in and out, and you go through different entrances. I believe it's the swamp one i can't remember the name off the top of my head that one's pretty interesting in that regard but i don't know if it the whole mechanic of it really filters into the gameplay
1: so and i kind of pressed you on that one because as you know one of the questions i did ultimately end up asking you as well when i sent you my list of questions was is there a mechanic in this game you would like to see in a future zelda is it too much of a cop-out to say that would be the mechanic you'd like to maybe see done or did you pick something else
0: no, I mean, they're really only the two mechanics that are not in any other Zelda games. I'd be the Kinstones, which we'll talk about, and the miniature size of shrinking up and down from the cap. I can't remember his name. i of my mad. Ezlo. Ezlo. Ezlo's good, damn it. Some people think he's really annoying, but I, I I like him. He's fun. Okay. I
1: didn't know what he was. Like To me, he was like a...
0: <laughs> a like, bird cap like a thing. Duck. <laughs> Maybe a duck. Yeah. Platypus thing. I don't think... Either of these mechanics need to be in another game. I think the perspective switch, though, would be really cool. I just think of levels in like 2D platformers where they kind of mess with the perspective, where you can go in the foreground the background. I feel like something like that could work. But I don't think you would radically change the gameplays of a future Zelda to make it more like Minish Cap. I don't know if that would work. That would be an incredible
1: just project to undertake to do it in a 3D world, like a Breath of the Wild, where you're climbing up... A house or something like that then you shrink down and you can kind of walk through the floorboard like that would be that'd yeah, be kind of cool. crazy but i think, just of think of like how those old big that map would yeah, be. yeah exactly i think there, of those like old school there story be, games. there yeah. would be yeah, speed I mean. runs of people like crossing the map in minish form just to see how long it takes to go across the, <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah i mean i could see that so i mean can i see that i don't really think i can i just said that yeah, yeah. It would be an interesting experiment, but I don't know if it would come out they could, to be the best they, they game ever.
1: Add, you just imagine they could even add like physics, so then if it starts raining you just drown. <laughs> <laughs> or well, if it's poor little Zelda. Uh, or if or poor little Link. Yeah, it Probably
0: poor Zelda too if she's small. So it ain't gonna work.
1: Yeah, very true. But well then yeah, you could also if the wind blew too hard, you could like get blown away.
0: I I mean I would can't concentrate with, with your, yeah that'd be that'd be interesting I mean you got the physics engine of breath of the wild so I mean just play with it even more get them small there you go 2022 <laughs> get them small I would also argue that the well thought out dungeons are a staple of Zelda games maybe you could say that these dungeons are well thought out that maybe they would copy that again do
1: you have a favorite dungeon yes I do so well,
0: you know what? Let's just go right to it. I have like some quick little high points in my favorite. So give it to us. I think the best item in the game is the gust jar, which is funny because it's the very first one you have. <laughs> you get in the first dungeon, and it's just fun. I love to see use it and how you traverse. The best dungeon is Temple of Droplets because I love me some icy themes. That's the ice themed dungeon, obviously. I obviously I would have
1: absolutely assume that temple of droplets is water <laughs> water
0: ice you know <laughs> the water dungeon it is the water temple basically okay. even if a lot of times those can be very annoying i think they did really well in this version but shout out to palace of winds for being a close second and a cool concept in general look that up if you need to i will repeat though not a bad dungeon in this game and uh, i don't think most I, f- I feel like most 3d cells have that one dungeon where i'm just like Ugh, i do not want to traverse this And my humble opinion, this one
1: does not. You know, the thing that's kind of interesting to me, and it's been a little bit since I've actually played it, but for some reason, like, the first level outside of, and maybe this is just what happens with 2D games, but the outside of, like, the first dungeon that I played, or when you're in it, like, the borders of the screen when you're looking, it actually doesn't make it, it doesn't really feel like I'm in a dungeon, and I don't, I don't know why. Uh, there's certain parts of it that do, but they have, like, the gray cobblestone that's all yeah. around you that constantly makes you seem like you're in a dungeon. But maybe that's just the 2D
0: perspective. And maybe it's because of the barrel
1: area almost makes it seem like you're in a town more than you are actually a dungeon.
0: I mean, that could be part of it, yeah. yeah. I mean, you're kind of below a town. You're, like, to the bottom left of it. But I think. Yeah, bottom left. Oh, yeah. I can't remember exactly. Where but it is.
1: that is also interesting for somebody like me who, like, my your favorite gadget is the one that is given to you, like, right off at the bat. So, there are
0: some other cool gadgets. I just that one sticks out to me. I will say the most annoying dungeon, not a bad dungeon, is Fortress of Winds, which is interesting. They have Fortress of Winds and they have Palace of Winds. It's,
1: it's, it's I, interesting. I was, I was literally just gonna say, I was like, are they the same thing? No, they're different.
0: Not. Clever naming Zelda game, clever naming. The best boss in the game is Vati, the final boss of this game. And I think we should bring this up. It's interesting that this one chooses, like your intro said, we have a different main bad guy. It's not Ganon or Ganondorf. And I love my boy Ganondorf.
1: But yeah, yeah, but uh, Vati or Vati? Is, uh, I call it Vati. Vati, yeah. It's got two A's. V- Vati straight up Medusa's our girl. Yeah. Right <laughs> at the very beginning of the
0: game. I was just like, okay, well, at least this is different and... That's what. That's how I feel. I feel like he is a good stand-in against Ganondorf and Ganon. I prefer Ganondorf still, but I think especially Vati's. I think his first form is really cool. And then they, you know, they always evolve. Final bosses gotta you, evolve.
1: You, you took out one of my questions I was going to ask. I was like, as per usual,
0: I'm assuming this boss has multiple different versions. Yes, so. I believe you. There's either two. I can't remember if you fight them back to back, but I'm pretty sure there's three all together. I know there's one point you get to, and then you have to fight them again. You know, the no, no. rule of threes. Yes, exactly. I think they made a good call with having a different sorcerer, Vati. I think it's a it doesn't have the main baddie we're used to, and I think some people will think because this is a smaller experience, not Ganon or Ganondorf, they might take it not as a game worth playing, or it's kind of the side story. And it probably is a side story, but I still think it's worth your time for all those reasons we just talked about, and we have plenty more to talk about. Not plenty, enough to talk about. Well, I guess before we got too far into
1: this that was actually one of my bigger questions i wanted to ask was this game to me does go the same trope as all the zeldas have it feels like it's always princess somehow gets herself in trouble and link in this version a kid in general has to somehow be the hero yeah kid Kid link Link. you have to just you, you out of everybody else on planet earth has to be the one who saves them which actually they kind of make sense in this one a little bit because of the picari or well the minish they're kids so only kids can see the little guys which is cute but it got me thinking both zelda and mario does this every time the princess gets herself in trouble and here comes mario here comes link it's like that's just what they always go so i was curious from your point of view who do you think actually does this better
0: hands down zelda games you think so? Yeah. Is, I,
1: is it Zelda? Or I mean, Mario is just, it's just
0: so, yeah, almost, it's, it's just an so, afterthought. Yeah, it's just so over the top and done over and over. At least with Zelda, she gets, either she becomes a pivotal role or there's an interesting reveal that happens or in Breath of the Wild, it's it's a lot different. And where it's not always just about Link coming to her rescue, maybe she's going to help you out along the way. But I feel like the whole dilemma of getting kidnapped isn't, always the center point of the game obviously that's a big part in a lot of these games but and she does get taken quite a bit but yeah yeah (laughs) all the time it seems like (laughs) i know and i think the reason for her being gone versus bowser just likes peach or wants to be bad at mario usually link isn't part of that equation for the most part so they're stealing zelda or ganon or ganondorf or whatever is stealing zelda because of her powers or whatever so i feel like there's a at least a little bit more reason to do it. <laughs>
1: it. It almost feels like it's, at least from the perspective that I got based off the games that I have
0: played, you can tell there's more backstory happening. Yes, yeah, so just like we're, we're with Mario. Get it. <laughs> yeah. Mario's and just, I like- guess you don't play Mario for a story when they have cool setting story things, you know, like storytelling through the environment. That's cool. But yeah, you don't play <laughs> Mario games for the story. Yeah,
1: exactly. Okay. All right. Well, I was just curious. I kind of figured that's probably where you were going to go.
0: If there's anybody out there that thinks differently, you know, let me know. But I uh, can't see that happening.
1: Well, you know, there is because there's going, there's 7 billion people on Earth. So someone is just a Zelda hater. That's
0: true. Yeah, they're out there. I mean, I guess I'm kind of a Zelda <laughs> hater. <laughs> we'll get into it. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I'll, I'll give my final thoughts of why. One thing you did mention was. The perspective how do you feel about the art style in general then
1: yeah well going back to your point i actually agreed with you i think it's its strongest point maybe outside of the music and sound design but i uh, will i'll tackle that probably if we go into talking about nostalgia here in a little bit we got, we got to yeah but on the art style front i think there's still a lot of people in this kind of gaming threshold where graphics are everything and especially now we have unreal engine five coming out people are like oh my gosh look at this this looks lifelike But when you go back in time It's just, it's amazing how well art style helps just prolong how beautiful a game is. I guarantee you, to the people who played this in 2005, if you went back to this game now, it probably looks pretty similar to what you remember. And a key takeaway, you remember when me and you went back to Perfect Dark. There was a point in time where that was a considerable upgrade from Goldeneye. Yeah. We played it. We we're like, man, look how pretty this is. You go back to that.
0: Oh, <laughs> it's wonder <laughs> how much has changed. And like I, and I understand
1: there was like that polygon phase, especially with the Nintendo sixty four. There is some really just ugly looking games nowadays. But art style means so much, and it's not like this game came out two, three decades after a game like Perfect no, Dark. They, they did that. <laughs> They're only like five, six, seven years apart. Probably, it, it did, Perfect Dark probably came out two thousand. Two thousand, yeah. So this is literally,
0: yeah, five years
1: later. And it's just one of those things. And it's on a handheld. And it looks better. Art style. Like, it's vibrant. It's clean. Again, this game is going to look exactly how you remember it, even, you know, 20, 30 years from now. If we're all alive then, you know. I think I would really like, and I'm sure there's some examples of this, where games could find a way to push, like, a new age crazy graphics, but code it in a pretty art style. I feel like that's what cell shading was for a long time. Yes, but yeah. I don't know if that would still work. It, it, what
0: you're thinking of? Yeah.
1: Well, this works. always this always makes me think. Like you take a game like Horizon Zero Dawn, right? Mm-hmm. Like the game was just beautiful. Is it going to age? Like, what are we going to look at that game in
0: like 15 yeah. years? Who knows? We don't. We won't until 15. We'll, check, 50. Back. we'll yeah. check back. <laughs> yeah, if we're around. knock gone on wood. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. Uh, I would say that you know there was so much controversy when Wind Waker got announced and that art style, and everybody's like, this is the worst thing ever after Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask, and they're like, no, I just can't do it. I mean, that led to this. Without that art style and all that controversy, I mean, the game looks gorgeous still. I mean, it's a very strange and far different art style than they ever used, but we wouldn't get that, this art style, if we didn't get Wind Waker before that. There's a point far later in the game where you are climbing up a vine, and you overlook a vista with mountains, and it's just so good. And it's weird because this is a handheld game. I'm just like, this is beautiful. It's it's amazing. And Small Link is awesome. Yeah. All the expressions and everything. I like when we get to be Kid Link. That's one of my favorite parts in Ocarina of Time when you can go back and forth between the two. So Wind Waker got a lot of crap. But art style is king. I mean, not king, king, but in this game, probably king. I would well, say. I mean,
1: I think I feel like for longevity, like gameplay, obviously, always matters. It has to be fun. You could have a beautiful game and it gets sucked to play, and that's a problem. But yeah, you know, yeah. But if you think about, <laughs> it, if you think about, it, like Breath of the Wild, maybe in a sense, is an example of a game that that art style. Yeah, that's probably it's not gonna probably go gonna look good for a long time. So, and you can, you can you you can go back to games like this. It, you know, they probably drew some of that from. That's why Wind Waker happens. That's why then eventually Breath of the Wild adopts to the art style it has. So. so that's
0: another point for why is this game worth your time. It's not going to look bad. It's not going to age poorly in that regard.
1: Which, in defense, then of a Zelda game, I would say. Like this is why this would be an easier recommend. It's yeah, it did age well. I would actually probably recommend because even Ocarina of Time, if you play it on its original, I, I assume it's going to be a little more harder on the edges.
0: Correct, it will be. But I think one of the big points because you are a Zelda hater, as I'm calling you now, because that's what you, you're <laughs> no, your okay, own words.
1: okay, no, so let me just clarify that point before you go into your next point. The thing that I'm realizing is Zelda games just don't hold my attention. I, I can't figure out what it is. But I started realizing every game I've played that I don't get joy from them, but I get joy at seeing other people, how excited they get about this game. It's weird. And I realize like I'm not blind. I can look at the game and be like, I realize how special a lot of these games are. I just for some reason, they just don't hold my attention. I'm not I don't know if it's the gameplay hook, the gameplay loops, whatever it is, but that's why I was excited when you recommended this game. was like, okay, 2D, I've tried a lot of 3D ones. And they haven't worked. Let me try 2D. Still
0: not. (laughs) Still didn't hit.
1: And I'm like, oh, you know what? I think there's
0: a bigger picture here. So that might be another counterpoint for if you have played a bunch of Zeldas and you think this will be one that will change your perspective, most likely not. The only thing I could think of is it is smaller experience, so you're going to get through it quicker. And maybe for some people... Zelda kind of lingers on a little too long, so maybe that maybe sways you into the right direction, but if you probably don't like Zelda like Larry, this ain't going to change your mind.
1: Well, you know, and that was actually one of the other points. We've all kind of dealt with this whole open-world fatigue in modern gaming. It feels like the last five, six years, it's just so many titles, especially on the Western side, have come out, and it's open-world everything. And because of that, that was another reason I was excited, which is also why I'm doubly disappointed that this didn't click with me. Yeah, And so it's just... I'm not hating on the game, it's just it's just not for me. And so, I think if you're not a Zelda fan, that's something to keep in mind that maybe even the transition from 3D to 2D or 2D to 3D is not
0: enough. So, do you think how much do you think nostalgia itself then impacts Zelda as a whole, like the entire series? And I ask you this because almost immediately, you get an item or something when I was watching you play this and you said something to the line of, "Oh man, that sound."
1: It's funny you brought this up because I I held off talking about the music and the sounds. And yeah, it's this was a simple question. And so my easy response is just, yeah, of course, it's probably the biggest thing. And then I I did think about this. And of course, I overcomplicate everything. I started thinking about it going further, excluding PlayStation and Xbox. I was thinking about it from like the Nintendo franchise perspective. This might single handedly be the game series that has the most nostalgia behind it. From a playful, I mean a non-playful sense, Mario and Pokemon, it's like you know they're like the playful nostalgia. People see that they get giddy, they get excited. They're like, yes, this is my childhood. There's something about the and maybe Metroid could be part of this, but I feel like Zelda is such a larger franchise. Agreed. When Zelda hits, you can play a musical tone, you can play that chest open, you can play Zelda or Link with all of his funny little noises that he makes. There's something yeah. about it. That there's just an emotional, it's yeah. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. There's an emotional nostalgia to Zelda that I think is unlike almost anything in the entire video games industry. And yeah, the,
0: I feel like the only games that maybe come to that, like you said, Mario. I think Dragon Quest is a huge one. Like the music tones and the item sounds; those are all they've been going for so many years. I think that's the same thing because they use the same thing for so many years and they've lasted this long decades. I think that has a lot to do with... I think nostalgia is... Yeah. I think that it enraptures people to want to play this game and you get excited and suspenseful.
1: Well, and this was to speaking of my point from earlier, I enjoy the, for lack of a better term, the joy people get. This is... The nostalgia is the reason I made that comment earlier was... You can see how excited people get about these games when they're announced, and I love seeing that. I don't care if you're a fan of a game or not. It's fun to see other gamers excited about stuff, and that's what happens with a game like Zelda. Can I say side note? Your uh, glass of water standing right in front of you there, the reflection is totally giving me Mask of Zorro vibes.
0: And it's kind of freaking me out. I like how you go from a very poignant point to whatever
1: that was. I was literally like, as I was finishing up my point, I was like, my God, this is
0: bugging me <laughs> for like five minutes. <laughs> so, so nostalgia, it comes in many ways. Glasses of water.
1: I respect your ability to just ignore that.
0: So this game is nostalgic. It's beautiful looking. Uh, there's, It's pretty simple overall but I feel like there's some comfort food to it. I think the one part that I would say is an irritation, I thought was cool in the beginning with the Kenstones and how that works is you find somebody and you have to find their matching metal half of this coin-looking thing, and that's how you get more hearts in the game. I ended with 13 out of 20 hearts. Larry ended out with four. Is that the Kenstone thing? Yeah. Yeah, so I heard a lot of people
1: saying, like this is like a Zelda tender app. <laughs> like it's their interesting. Version, a lot of people hate this is from what I read.
0: I thought it was cool in the beginning. So you basically you have to find a person, find their kinstone somewhere out in the overworld map, which is cool because you explore and all that jazz, but it does get a little repetitive. You find that person. Okay, here. Now I have to go find this metal it up, but at least you can talk to a bunch of people, go find their medals, and then turn them in back to back to back. But I guess, it, yeah, sure, it's Tinder. You're swiping to find their kinstone, <laughs> but you're, you're you're searching for their
1: kinstone other half. <laughs> okay. Well, in all seriousness, then, is going back to what you said, is that a shot to say that it's a simpler game or? No, I don't think so.
0: I feel like with it being smaller scale and not as many moving parts as some of the 3D ones, I don't think it's a bad thing at all. Okay, so and it took you a little over 13 hours.
1: Yep. Uh, is that just to beat the game or is there a little bit of completionist in there
0: there's a little bit i mean i would call it a main story plus some extra side quests so i i searched through some kins for some kin's stones. i explored the map you know checked out the little towns here and there which a lot of zelda games are great at having these fun little characters and all that jazz so you can do like little mini games like every zelda game so i, I messed around with that I would say I'm a little bit quicker than average. I could be wrong off the top of my head, which I'll I'll double check while you're making another point.
1: Well, I was actually going to go into, for for starters, I'm assuming that's that tends to be how mean you play games, I think. Unless you're going crazy completionist, you tend to beat games a little bit faster than I do. I check things out, and weird things kind of like bog me down
0: from time to time. Yeah, I definitely did this one quicker, which is funny because I still did extra stuff. The average on the one website I'm te- checking how long to beat, the average is about 15 hours. Okay. And the main story plus extras is about 19 and a half hours. I think it's 15 and a half, not 15. But uh, So I, I beat it yeah. a, a little bit quicker than normal, which is funny. I, I loved it. I, I, I mean, it's, I think it's worth your time for sure, even if it is a simpler game, like you said. I did want to add in
1: real quick. So the one complaint I saw at least online, and this happened to me when I was playing, and for some reason, I didn't jot it down. And since it's been a couple months, I kind of forgot the exact moment it happened. But this game has unlockables or hidden uh, puzzle answers locked behind story moments. So what I mean by that is there's a clear answer to what you have to do when you go into a room, but the ability to get to it, even though you can tell as a gamer, hey, that's what I have to do, I have to get over there, but like the ladder won't come down or the book won't open up until you go talk to this person first.
0: Oh, you have to trigger the event. You have to happen. trigger the
1: event. And so my, my question for you was, is this isn't the first game I believe I've played where this has happened. What are your thoughts on the idea of having puzzle elements in a game, having them locked behind story moments? Because there are times where I feel like you're kind of playing with like the player's intelligence a little bit where I'm not a big fan of that. And I don't know, is this something that you even really noticed? I
0: So when you forward me that question... I was confused. I was like, I have no idea what you're talking <laughs> about. But now I get it because when you say story, you mean like you have to talk to a certain NPC. There's
1: basically, you can almost feel the coding behind it where yes. it's okay. like, here's a door. The only way to unlock it is to get a key on top of a shelf, let's say. And the ladder that's clearly there, well, you can't move like the object to get to the ladder until it doesn't like the contextual option doesn't pop up until you talk to the person. Yeah. And that happened I mean, in this game. I,
0: Yeah, I feel like that is it's more of an adventure game thing that happens a lot. And you know, Zelda is a open action adventure thing. I don't yeah. know what you define it as anymore. <laughs> and surprisingly it I think it bugs me when it when there's too many triggers for one small little event. I feel like I never noticed it in this game.
1: So, okay, and thats I was actually just going to, before you ended up coming up with the point there, I was going to say the fact that you really didn't notice it probably is telling. And so that maybe perhaps just shows that I'm a little more ornery than I thought it was. <laughs> I was. I kind of thought this was Hold something my. that would stand out. <laughs> <laughs> so the fact that it didn't, maybe it's just a single problem. But I, I was debating not asking this question. But I was watching, and I'm sorry, I can't remember the individual review. I was reading something on Reddit, and they linked a video and somebody was complaining about that.
0: I've seen people complain about that for Zelda games in general. Okay. Like, oh, I already talked to this person, but now I talk to you, so now I have to go talk to them to get the yeah. second dialogue option. I mean, that I feel like that's in a lot of games okay. now I think about it. Yeah. When, but I guess I just see that as that's just gaming in general. Yeah. It's like, I, I trigger this event. All right, here we go. How do I trigger the event?
1: And I'm sure it's probably more of not as big of an issue, I think, maybe in newer games. I would like to see games... And Especially Breath of the Wild where you can just do exactly. however you want to do yeah. and that's great.
0: So it just uses the thing we did briefly talk about the music exploration of the overworld and the music and everything it's just very silly and nostalgic and it's great
1: no and and again this is one of the examples when i tend to especially when we're going to be talking about a game that i have not beaten i will play the soundtrack while i'm kind of writing my thoughts and stuff down so i played the soundtrack for this game it's just like most zeldas i love it all yeah i love the way that they cue in like older songs but then they bring them in in a new way
0: you know they're doing their own remix they're they're djing it (laughs) yeah all the time i think it does a fantastic job of making eerie but still likable tracks. You specifically Larry, got exposure to in the Deepwood Shrine. They're, they had like these deep tones. I don't know how to describe it, really. It's like walking through woods at night resonates well with this game. So you get those eerie tones, but then you get the nice highs. And Yeah, OST is great. I mean, every OST is great. How to pronounce. I don't remember who composed this music, so I'm sorry. Look it up for me, Mitsu Mitsuhiko Tak. So good work composer.
1: Oh the music was brilliant in this
0: game. I'll have to see if they have composed any other Zelda games because that'd be pretty interesting as well.
1: Yeah I'm sure they've worked on many other brilliant games but Mike one of the things that I wanted to wrap up into was the Metacritic for this game. I went out of my way to make sure I did not look at it until I got done with my notes which depressed me more and made me realize man I really am not wanting. Can I guess
0: what it is because I actually don't know what it is. Yeah is it 91? No no no
1: no no. 89 I'm guessing
0: I'm changing my answer 89 okay, well,
1: that's freaky because yeah it is 89 <laughs> clearly I would not give this an 89 I, I don't really know what I would say I can't I feel I like you can't
0: yeah yeah before you ask me what you think if that's a correct rating for me do you think this game is worth somebody's time
1: it, somebody yes <laughs> <laughs> somebody out there is worth your time if you are a fan of Zelda clearly this is another it's an especially the fact that it's a different boss than Ganon And it's 2D. Now, again, if you're somebody who grew up in the 80s, 90s, you probably played a lot of 2D Zeldas. Someone like me, you know, we really kind of came into our own the late 90s, early 2000s. Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask were kind of where I really got my jumping off point on. But, yeah, obviously, if you like 2D games or you're a Zelda fan, go for it. Clearly, if you're someone who they're just you haven't been able to find a Zelda game to hit you right. It's just it didn't hit me i just i'm not a fan i i'm not it nothing excited me about this game i like the music i like how excited you were talking about it that's but good. it's just my recommendation is yeah if you're a zelda fan and it's like the obvious recommendation but i would not recommend it personally it would not be on my list of like top 1 million games <laughs>
0: Top <laughs> 1 million it's just, but that's just like a stick in the heart
1: <laughs> so Obviously, then that the takeaway is it's Metacritic is an 89, Mike. I understand Metacritic is not the end all be all, yeah. Higher, lower, exactly
0: right. I think it's almost exactly right. I think this is a brilliant game. I think it the brevity is the key, okay. But it's bri-
1: brilliant in my head starts at 90. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. I'll give it a 90, so it's and like a brillia. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: hate your so the tea. But, yeah. I mean, I if you want to do a review. It is worth your time. If you're a Zelda fan, I think you'll love it. I don't think you should skip out on it just because it's a lesser, you know, handheld form. I don't see any of those inconveniences with Ah, that.
1: Is it your favorite 2D Zelda game you've played?
0: Yes. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Do you like it better than the 3D ones you've played? Is it better than some of the 3D ones I've played? Yes. I think so too. You're not going to name them? I'm not going to incriminate myself.
1: As the uh, first episode of season one, I will let you go (laughs) for now.
0: (laughs) Larry, is there any final thoughts you have on this game? Anything else you want to bring up? Ah, uh, nah, I want to go play another game. So there you have it. The Legend of Zelda, the Minish Cap. Trying to find your way through Hyrule through the big and small tasks is worth a look at, at least for one brother. To cap it all off, you've got a nice dose of nostalgia, and you're not going to be a stranger to the types of places you'll be. But there will be welcome twists and as squawks to keep you going. You won't be lost in the woods of life when you know this game isn't too long to conquer. So hey, listen. Do yourself a favor and don't skip out on this tiny Zelda adventure. It's a link to a good time.